You're listening to KBOO Portland. The time is 7 o'clock, and next is Keeping It Real. Stay tuned. KBOO hosts a monthly film series at the Clinton Street Theater called KBOO at the Clinton. This month, we'll screen the film Urban Roots on Thursday, September 13th at 7 p.m. Urban Roots is a documentary that tells the story of the emergence of urban farming in Detroit. They really not getting out and seeing what's going on out in the city of Detroit, because I mean, if they did, man, all the stuff they talking about up there wouldn't mean nothing. This growing movement of urban farmers is changing the way people think about food and life in Detroit. Again, that's a film screening of the documentary Urban Roots, Thursday, September 13th at 7 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater, 2522 Southeast Clinton Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. Have you wondered what volunteering at KBU is like? Do you want to get more involved with your community radio station? KBU's fall membership drive begins Thursday, September 6th, and runs through Saturday, September 22nd. We need volunteers to answer the phone lines throughout the drive. You can make a huge difference with your participation, helping listeners become members. It's a great way to support KBU while getting a behind-the-scenes view of how we work at our busiest time. Email Ani at volunteer at kboo.org or call 503-231-8032, extension 213, to find shifts that work for your schedule. Thank you for supporting KBOO Portland. Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, a brand new radio show on the KBU Airwaves. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki D. What's up, y'all? This is Aron. We are excited to welcome you to the first episode of Keeping It Real. Keeping It Real is a talk show, and our goal is to educate and to offer a forum to people for people to speak about the truth and stay open-minded and inclusive. On Keeping It Real, we take a look at the local, national, and global news that are ignored in the mainstream American media. We shed light on what's happening at the grassroots level in our neighborhood of North Portland and take a critical look at the good and the bad. And we highlight professionals working with youth towards social change, but also empowering people in their communities. 
This is a show focused on sharing the perspectives of youth, and we will invite local guests on from North Portland, Portland and the Pacific Northwest, including Seattle, to share their insights, but also their music and artistic talents. Today on the show, we are going to discuss the news that did not make it onto the mainstream media, and we will also interview a man who was involved in the community in more than one aspect. His name is Hyde Brown. Also, we, are very, we have a very special guest here with us. Mario, who's a student and also going to be our producer in the near future. He's a, a young man from North Portland who has experienced many things in his journey so far. Welcome, Mario. Yeah, what's up, bro? Yeah, well, my name is Mario. Uh, I'm currently a senior this year at Roosevelt High School. You know, I'm trying to, you know, probably get a good career out of, you know, starting to produce, probably shadow somebody. Okay. Yeah. So, um, since this is our first show, um, I'm going to introduce myself first, and then I'm going to give Nick a chance to introduce himself. Um, so, my name is Aron. I'm a 27-year-old black man who has gone through the U.S. educational system and has experience living in three different cultures, Eritrean, Yemeni, and American. I am someone who serves youth, and I want to bring their voice to the table and explore music, culture, and with them to create more understanding and cultural sensitivity and consciousness. Go ahead, Nick, introduce yourself, please. My name is Nicky D. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm 17 years old. I'm Hispanic and white, and I live in North Portland. I'm all about shining light on what's real and bringing change. I also want to be able to have public conversations with my people and share their talents on the air. Thank you, Nick, um, for sharing. Now let's turn into the commentary on the news and what did not make it in the mainstream media. Nick, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, I don't even know. Um, let's talk about how should police be able to block your social media. Okay. So um, in the case of Corey Gaines in Baltimore, I don't know if y'all heard about this, but um, uh, apparently the, the, the police asked Facebook to take down uh, her video uh, right before they shot her. And an hour later, um, their excuse was that she was being distracted by by her followers yeah. and that they were giving her bad advice. What do y'all think about that? Should police have the power to control your social media outlets? No, I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. Because with that video, they was just seeing what was going on, and they didn't, uh, I feel like maybe they, they was trying to do something wrong or had an idea of doing something wrong, so they didn't want that to be filmed. Okay. What about you, Mario? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think that, like, lately police been, like, doing way too much and, like, messing with people. It's like, in this case, like, asking Facebook to take down their page, and it's like, why? It's like it's just Facebook, it's social media. Like why? If it's gonna get out in the news sooner or later, why? Like you must have been doing something bad mm-hmm. to that person for you to like, like contact Facebook and then try to take down their page. You know, because there must have been something wrong there. You know. Yeah. yeah, and I mean it's it's funny to me to think that we have certain freedoms, but if it's Controlled, like if they set parameters on your freedom, then should we really even call that a freedom? Right. You know, um, if they're tapping into your uh, personal profiles and 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 controlling what you put out there, um, there is no integrity in that. I believe. Um, 
you know, unless it was like somebody's safety in, in line, but I, I feel like this is a tool for people to, you know, to, to protect themselves also, to record police, to see that yeah, there are good cops out there, obviously, but at the same time, like, if somebody is mistreating you or not following the law, then you should be able to protect yourself in that aspect. You're right. What, what about, um, you know, like social media, there are a lot of positives of it, obviously. Um, but there is also a lot of negatives. I see, um, I'm an educator, when I'm not on the radio, of course, and I see a lot of kids, you know, let's say they get in the fight and you see kids just pull out their phones and record the fight instead of stopping it, or, you know. So uh, what do y'all think about that phenomenon? If you got to think about it, if it's you and you're getting beat up, you're going to want somebody to stop that and not just recording it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean another thing too is like mm, I noticed too like how people you said that they don't stop the fight they take take out their phones and film it and like I think like social media like is a problem for that because some people are just trying to upload it and get views and probably get famous all that because they're uploading videos of people fighting yeah, yeah. so it's it's like I guess it's on us also to educate and um, teach um, responsibility around utilizing uh, you know technology and media um and uh um let's let's switch uh topics real quick and and let's talk about um this 14 year old by the name of brisha meadows um she shot her father in his sleep because he was abusive to her and to her mother um and now she is facing life in prison and she's only 15 now um what do y'all think about that i think they need to look into the past and see if there's any times that the police have been called on him before uh-huh. and um also use that in like giving her a sentence but like on a personal level i know it's got it's got to be hard to see your mom going through that and mm-hmm. so yeah and, and there is prior um news to, of, of her running before this is not like she ran away from the household before because um, her dad was abusing her. And the gun she used happened to be the same gun that her dad used to threaten her mom before. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess she had like a certain breaking point where she couldn't take it no more. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it like had to come to a certain like point where like it stopped. And I guess she, like, reached that. Because, I mean, if, if there was, like, domestic violence going going on in the family and she was having this for, like, however many years it was going on for, like, I think that her trauma was way worse. And, you know, she had to do what she had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for a child uh, to pick up a gun and to shoot somebody, it must have been a lot that happened to this poor girl. Yeah. Um, she was only 14. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I wish um, healings um, and positive vibes upon that, you know, upon that little girl, and I hope the best for her. Um, but yeah, let, so let's switch directions, um, and, and let's talk about um, this new thing that we're going to start in our future sh- uh, episodes of the show. Um, we're going to call that Question of the Day, where we will ask you listeners to call and share a specific experience about some topic discussed that day on the show um, and and you know hopefully we'll get that feedback from you 
And thank you, boys, for sharing um, your thoughts on keeping it real. Um, this is Aron. This is Nikki D. Yo, this is Mario. Um, and we'll be back after this break. We're going to play you um, a song by uh, Blue Scholars. And the song is called Lemire. This is keeping it real. I'm Nikki D. I'm Aron. Um, the song you just heard was Lemire by Blue Scholars. Um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Blue Scholars, y'all. This is like one of my favorite. He bands. sweats them every time we're in the car. Hey, let me tell you, everybody <laughs> has that band that they listen to all the time. That was Blue Scholars for me. I started listening to them back, back in the day, when Nikki D was just little Nick. Uh, <laughs> this was back in 2004 that's when I heard them for the first time and they're uh, a band located in Seattle Washington um, where I'm from uh, they basically talk about all issues from immigrants experiences to racism to classes 
um, they talk about revolutions. One of the DJ, uh, the DJ is from, he's Persian, and uh, the, the MC is Filipino. And so they both bring different perspectives also from around the world. Um, their music is very, very socially conscious. And so I gravitated to it at a very young age. But anyways, to steer the wheel differently right now, um, I wanted to talk about something that's been buzzing all over the media. Um, and, and that's one thing we're going to do, too. We're going to just talk about some issues that are um, interesting to us. Um, how many of y'all know the athlete uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. The, yeah. You, you both know him, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know if y'all heard, but he did not stand for the uh, national anthem and he is getting crucified about it all over yeah. social media there's people burning his jersey too yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I i don't know i thought that was funny um because um when i looked at his reasons to why he didn't stand up he said that as a black man in the united states he didn't feel like the treatment that people from even different ethnic backgrounds um, receive and it's not everybody but um, on multiple occasions and, and we've been seeing that more often in the news um, you know whether it's police brutality whether it's racism um, we still experience those things here in the United States and it's not all perfect um, and it's 2016 almost 2017 now and so he believed that um, by standing for, during the national anthem that he wasn't he wasn't being true to himself and a lot of people took it as disrespect towards veterans and 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 you know just this the uh, America as a nation um what was your thoughts about that well when when I was at a game in Seattle and they were singing the national anthem it was so many people around me who didn't stand up and I was like and, and like now that I think about it it's like a lot of people don't stand up just because they don't want to it doesn't mean that they are against the U.S. or nothing like he he did it because of what he believes in and the only reason that they're making such a big deal is because he's an NFL player mm-hmm. and the spotlight's always on him yeah yeah what do you think about it Mario uh Okay, um, we'll take a call real quick, Mario. All right, yeah. Hold on. What's up, John? Hi. Hey, I'm really uh, proud of you, young man. Great show. Uh, thank congratulations you. Congratulations on getting it rolling. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, uh, remember, uh, if you're going to be 17, or excuse me, 18 by November, I believe it's 8th, uh, the election, mm-hmm. you, can, you can register online, and they'll mail you the ballot. you got 30 days, and I grab all the the free newspapers around town, uh, Mercury and Willamette Week, uh, Portland Observer, Scanner, and uh, they'll have their recommendations. Okay. And, and uh, hey, I'm so so impressed by you young men's uh, maturity. Thank you. And, oh, you're welcome. And keep up the great work, huh? Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, okay, you take care. Yeah, you too. And we have we also have Thomas on the line. What's up, Thomas? Thomas, are you online? Thomas, I got Okay. Okay, well, we'll Sorry. just continue. Um, go ahead, Mario. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What, what, what was your thoughts on that? 
on thoughts on oh uh, uh, well I mean everybody's their own person and like honestly I and you know people are gonna think what they wanna think and you know I mean he took a stand I mean like some of us like don't really get like our voice heard like he can you know mm-hmm. and he's a football player he like he got fame he got more things and more like tools yeah. than most of us so yeah. you know I'm glad that like at least somebody took a stand thank you Mario um, Thomas are you online with us yeah I am can you hear me yeah yeah how you doing great and you good good thank you so what? one quick question I had was uh, for Mario um, I'm interested to learn about your perspective being a teenager in North Portland as a Hispanic male I'm also Hispanic, and I'm just curious about how you're experiencing the gentrification in North Portland and living in Portland, which is a city that every day is becoming wider. So if you could just share your experience, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, well, I mean, lately around my neighborhoods, I've seen, like, a bunch of people moving out, you know, new people moving in, and it's just, like, crazy to see it. Like, I'm, to myself, lately I've been thinking, like, dang, is this going to happen to me? too am i gonna have to like look for a new place you know I, and then lately i see my parents like uh stressing but they don't you know they don't want me to like really know about it but you know i don't know it's just like i think it's wrong that that that's what happens to like minorities and you know they raise the rent you know like what do we do after that you know like i came here my parents brought me here so they could give me a better future, but like you know, it's just, it's making it harder for me, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Thomas, we also have Nick. Nick is also uh, of Hispanic background, um, so I would like him to also share his his experience with it. <clears throat> I'm I'm not really sure what to say. Um, I know on a on a block that I grew up in with uh, on my grandma's block, it's a lot of uh white people on that block and um i think there's like one other hispanic family that lives down the street and that's all and even in the uh the apartments that i live in with my mom it seems like more and more people are moving out and other people's moving in yeah yeah and and gentrification is one of those um beasts that takes uh and a population to change it's not just one person cannot change that um but together mm-hmm. we can um so you know if if you write your representatives and and let them know how you feel about it so that um youngsters like Nick and and Mario um could remain in their homes could have the same opportunities as, as other kids mm-hmm. in these neighborhoods and not have to be forced out of there um, it takes all of us to do to make something like that happen. So if you're listening out there, you know, please take the initiative um, and also vote. Voting is important. Um, you know, a lot of the times uh, if, if we don't go out there and vote, then we, we really cannot change much. So go out there, talk to your representatives, go to the city hall and let them know how you feel. Um, it's, it's really important. You can't just... Yeah, and, and thank you, Thomas. We appreciate your question. And if you all listeners out there, if you want to call and give us feedback, we would love to hear from you. Um, uh, is there a number they could call? 503-231-8187. Thank you, Delphine.
All right. Now, we're going to carry on with our conversation about Kaepernick. You brought a really good point, Mario, and you said that um, an athlete at his stature has a platform, and that's one thing that us day-to-day people might not have. And so for him to stand up um, for people like us, I think is very important. Um, when he did it, um, based on his explanation, he didn't do it to disrespect veterans. He didn't do it to disrespect um, you know, freedom or all these people out there who are sacrificing their lives and their day, uh, their, uh, their day-to-day uh, family uh, to, you know, to, to give us these freedoms that we have. But what he did expose was um, the same thing that I think Donald Trump exposed, which is the hidden, um, the, the, the hidden racism in America. Um, not everything is perfect. And us people of color and different ethnic backgrounds, we are lucky to be here in this land because we do get a lot of different freedoms. We do, um, you know, I'm able to speak my mind freely and, and not be crucified over it. But at the same time, uh, for somebody like Kaepernick, it broke my heart to see how people were burning his jerseys and um, and ridiculing him for his own personal belief. I feel like that's a, a constitutional right, freedom of speech. You have the right mm. to not stand up during the national anthem because that's how you feel. You should not be crucified over that, you know? But yeah. I don't know. What do you, is, is there anything else you'd like to add about this topic? I mean, people people always stand up for a change, and people, there's always when people say that um, the U.S. is this, the U.S. is that, but at the end of the day, if you go somewhere else, I don't think you're really going to get the freedom that you have here. Mm-hmm. And no matter what people say, basically the U.S. is always going to have more freedom for you so no matter how messed up you think it is you can walk down the street and pretty much do whatever you like and not get in trouble like legally and not get in trouble yeah that is true uh mario is there anything else you'd like before we go into this next music break oh yeah like i thought to myself that you know some uh artists like rappers they don't really want to get into like topics like that because they're afraid to like lose fame and like seeing Kaepernick do it like you know it's like he's actually using his voice and these rappers like ain't they ain't using their voice when everybody's listening so I mean you know I'm glad to see that somebody's actually like pays attention to what's really going on and not like blinded by the fame and the money you know yeah because that's what most people like once they have like Money, you know, they stay quiet because, you know, that's how they're, like, living. But, you know, to see somebody like that, you know, it's, like, it's what, good to know that, you know, you're not alone. Yeah, that's true. Um, thank you so much for your uh, thoughtful insights. And thank you for your call. Um, thank you, Nick, for sharing your thoughts. And thank you, uh, Mario, for sharing your thoughts as well. Um, you are listening to Keeping It Real with Aron. And Nikki D. And Mario. Um, we're going to take another music break. Um, this song is called Pride, and it's by Kevin Gates.
when I met you, some say this don't exist. Emotions captured out there, you ain't care who you was with. And your apartment off a seat, had a brief disagreement. You moved back to Houston, we went like three years without speaking. I, I got back on drugs back, while I was still chasing jealous. My heart was broke, suffering, stressing, battle with my depression. On top of that, my team was on me, all of that help. Not a worry in a world, but never we was together. I flew you out to Miami, we laid up in the suite. Bathtub full of fruit while I was rubbing your feet. We went to Bloomingdale's, I bought us matching great theory sweats. Said I ain't want you to leave before you brought it to jail. When you're alone at night and need somebody by your side, no matter wrong or right, saying it's gonna be alright, no one to hold you tight, no one to look you in your eyes. As if it ain't okay to cry, try to be the tough guy. You think about you all the time, start to feel it backfire. No one love you like I. Hope our love ain't expired. Try to figure out why he dying on the inside. One day I'll get over my pride. Shout out to Norton, that's my personal trainer. He cool with you because of you. I not treat him like a stranger. Big booty shell, man. I know things ain't work with me and your sister. Best to a life has the awful love. You still my little sister. Pull up and fit to the engine. HP tip trying to transmission. For the Porsche reminiscing. Wishing that you was here with me. I used to teach you about your feet. We were laughing. We giggling. Having breakfast on the beach. You don't know how much that meant to me. Holding hands and having two remote. Click affection with you and me. Don't need nobody. God, I'm your protector. FaceTime it. I can't wait until you call me. You special. You had that problem. Now that problem solved. You won't disrespect you. Uh-huh. You all the time, start to feel it back fine. No one love you like I hope our love ain't expired. Trying to figure out why he dying on the inside. One day I'll get over my pride. Just keeping it real, I'm Nikki D. This Mario, and I'm a Ron. And that was Pride by Kevin Gates. And um, like a Ron did with the Blue Scholars, I'm gonna tell y'all. Like, I listen to Kevin Gates. Um, I don't know something about his music. And like, when you watch a video, hit one of his music videos. He's actually like rapping about. Like, there's a song called "Got It Out the Mud" or something like that, and he worked on his own and did all that. And another reason I wanted to play him is because I know that you don't really hear a lot of his songs on the radio other than Two Phones or Really Really. Yeah. You wanted to show the the conscious side of his music? Yeah. Okay. I just think he's some violent person. like. (laughs) Okay. Well, now we're going to go into the next segment, which is our interview. Um, We are going to um, talk about... 
or we are going to listen to uh, the interview that we had with uh, Hyde Brown, um, who's a coach and uh, a security guard at our school and also um, the gang outreach. Um, he mentors many youth in Portland, and um, we're going to play you the interview we have with him. The work I do is gang outreach and youth advocacy, and it's more gang prevention. So we're out in the community wherever the kids are and giving them information on just staying positive and staying out of gangs and just staying out of trouble, period, and not just gangs, just, just overall youth advocacy and making sure they're making the right decisions. I coach a youth wrestling program at Grant High School called Portland Inner City Wrestling. What made me choose this path is I grew up in this community and seeing the deterioration of the community and how it's gone down, I felt it is my job just growing up in this community to give back and to bring this community back to where it was before where everybody could walk around with their heads up and speak to everybody and trust everybody. Just seeing some of the kids and knowing that we've changed those lives and having one kid who's been shot come back and say thank you for everything that you've done and making positive changes towards either getting their diploma, their GED, and actually going back to school and holding a full-time job. So just those rewards of having those kids come back and thank you for the work that you've done and the positive influence that you've had on their lives is the most gratifying thing. If you could give any piece of advice to the listeners out there, um, what would it be? Listen. <laughs> it would be listen to the people that are your elders, your parents. They're not there to tell you something wrong. They're there to guide you to make sure you either make the right decisions or make the right decisions that they didn't make in their lives that was a lesson so they could tell you, hey, I've been there before, I've done that, don't do that. Why don't you try this way so you don't get in trouble, you don't end up in prison, jail, community service, whatever. And now to talk about your wrestling a little bit, um, how many kids do you coach? And if you just could think about a number at the top of your head, I know it's a lot. Probably touch about at the beginning of the season to the end, which starts in September and goes until July, 45 to 50 youth, ages 4 or 5 years old up to 18. For me, for wrestling, it gives them consistency. If I'm there every day and open up the gym at this time and close it at this time, they know that that's a place they can come. If they don't come to practice that day, they still know that I'm there. Um, like I said, just for most of these kids, it's just being consistent and giving them something to do for some of the ones that have a little extra energy, gives them something to do, something to burn off that energy. <laughs> and how long have you coached? Off and on for about 20 years. Wow. So that's a lot of experience, huh? Just a little bit. Have you had any, like, adult wrestlers come back and get back? your program uh, not quite yet because yeah. I started the youth program about nine years ago okay, so, so they're just getting up in the high school in fact I'll probably have my first graduate this year so have you guys been outside of Portland to wrestle yes we've been all over um, we've been to 
Wisconsin, we've been to Minneapolis, we've been to Chicago, uh, Idaho, Las Vegas, Reno, California, just trying to give these kids an experience outside of their comfort zone, which is their community. And um, you talked about comfort zone. Um, how important is it for youth, and even just for adults in general, to step out of that? It's good because it shows growth. Once you can get out and function in something that you're not comfortable doing, it shows that you've grown and you can extend and you have goals and you're moving forward. Once you get stuck in that little bubble, you become almost like institutionalized where everything you do is within that bubble and you don't do anything else. You don't try anything else. You don't go beyond these boundaries or anything like that. So just being able to go outside and do that, it just shows a lot of growth. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to leave for our listeners, our youth, our adults out there? Just stay positive and, like I said, listen to the adults. Listen to people that have walked in those shoes already. They're, you know, trying to help you make the right decisions and don't get mad when they tell you something that's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Hyde. Thank you. You just heard the interview with Mr. Hyde Brown. Um, this is a man who does a lot of work with you um, all over Portland, really. Um, Portland, Gresham, um, Calacamas. Um, he's all over the place. Uh, Haig is a coach. He has over 20 years of experience coaching, six years of experience with gang outreach. Um, he's a walking library of knowledge. He's done a lot of work for our youth, including the two young men that are sitting with me today. So I'm going to direct this question at both you, Nick, and Mario. What are your experiences working with Hike? Well, I mean, like, since I met Hyde when I first went into PIC, um, like, I really didn't know him. And, like, I didn't know his, like, background story, you know? Like, it was just, like, you know... It's a school security guard, you know. And until, like, I started seeing it, there was, like, this boys group where everybody just sat around, and there was adults, and they just sat all the teenagers down, and they talked. And they're like, what, you want, what y'all want to talk about, you know? And I remember him talking about, like, his experience and what he had to go through and his wrongs, you know, mm-hmm. and his struggles, and you know, and it, like, the things he says and the way he, like, puts it together, it just makes you stop and think, like, yo, like, you know, this ain't no joke. Like, he really makes you think about it. Like, think before you act, you know. And he's not just saying that just to say it. You know, he's saying it because, you know, he already knows. He already went through, like, you know, the mm-hmm. struggle. You know, he knows how it is. So he could tell you, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What about you, Nick? Hi, it's cool. I mean... He's not he's not just a security guard or another person at the school. It's like he's actually he no matter how he acts with you or how you see him, he, he everyone knows that like he's there for you. And I know, um if a kid has an interview, he'll help them get to that interview or they have somewhere to be, that he'll help them get there. And um with me he's always been there and we've always like messed around and been cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And and me working with Hyde. I'm a young guy, so I'm still picking his brain all the time and asking him how would he handle certain situations, and he's always got great advice. Um, but more than that, I've always seen him go the extra mile to support youth in whatever they need. Um, like you said, whether it was getting them to an interview or, like, family crisis, 
Um, he's always been um, working so hard. He even drove all the way out to Minnesota to get his kids to a wrestling tournament. So that shows his dedication. Um, anyways, for the viewers out there, um, if y'all want to give him a shout out, go ahead and call POIC or Rosemary Anderson. Um, and and now um, some of the, some of the things that he brought up in his in the interview um, that stuck out to me were consistency um, across the board. I think it's very important to be consistent, um, whether it's your day to day life um, or you know at, at work, uh, being consistent and being there for youth. So if you deal with youth, be consistent, be there for them. Um, and if you were one of those young kids who's listening, listen to what your parents are telling you. 90% of the time, 99% of the time is something that they've been through that they don't want you to go through. Um, and then step out of that comfort zone, and that goes to everybody. Step out of your comfort zone. You are going to go nowhere if you stay comfortable. Being uncomfortable, the constant change is what gets the learning. That's the learning experience there. Um I know it's 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 easy sometimes it's easier to be comfortable it's easier to just do the same things but every now and then change it up go to those uncomfortable places and learn more about yourself now we are going to go back into more news and we're going to talk about um I saw Eritrea that's where I'm from y'all um, I saw that on the news and, and so I clicked on it Nick I know you're laughing over here but this is a very serious one on one day 40 more than 40 boats were rescued off the coast of Italy on the Mediterranean Sea over 10,000 people rescued from those boats um, due to the conditions in Eritrea people have been trying to leave um, and people when they're when they're interviewed a lot of those refugees said that it is better and I want you guys to put yourself in their shoes right now it is better to go on a boat that's overcrowded okay and these are like rafts and, and you know not, they're not like huge yachts like yachts and, uh, and, and, and ferries and stuff no they're like little airboats um, mm -hmm. it's, it's better to go on a crowded one Okay, with your kids, with everything you own in life, to an uncertain. They're not seat. even able to bring something like if it's that packed. They're yeah. not. They're leaving their stuff behind. Yeah, and it's like they're going into the sea. Okay, they don't even have. They don't know where they're headed. Uh, they don't even know the person who's who's navigating the boat. They don't know if they have experience or anything. They're just some smugglers taking them across, but they are willing to put their lives on the line for that than to stay home because of how the conditions are. What comes to your minds as two young men with all the opportunities and everything that's present to you? What comes into your mind when you hear something of that severity? It, it's really, like I couldn't really say that I've been in that position, but I know that I would never want to, but just leaving everything that you have in a life and just taking off because it's something that's bad, I feel that. If I had it in my power, I would help them get here, help mm -hmm. set them up. Yeah. That's because you're a nice guy, Nick. Appreciate you for that. What about you, you, Mario? Dang, I mean, I don't know. I see, like, like you just said that 
they're like it's better to go on a crowded raft than nothing. And I mean, you know, like I said, people like they gotta do what they gotta do sometimes. You know, you know, they yeah. gotta weigh out the options and you know. Yeah, if there's a chance to make it, then that's what they'll take. Yeah, just yeah. trying to look for opportunities, like a better life. You know. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know if they have like their own family, you know, they don't want them to go through that. So they're gonna look for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true, and it just it just breaks my heart because a lot of those people don't make it too. You know, yeah. imagine these are ten people that were rescued and they were lucky. Um, there have been a lot of people passing, and some were some my family members as well. Um, and so it's 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 really painful, but at the same time, um, I understand why they do that because the conditions are unlivable. And then you know, I'm lucky to be here because. Mm-hmm. I get to, you know, I get yeah. to, I get opportunities. I could go to work. I know there is a meal at home when I get there, you know. Um, and then there is a, 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 on the other hand, uh, this is some some good news. The first U.S. Cuba commercial flight landed today in in, in Cuba, um, and this is after 50 years of. U.S. and 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 Cuban diplomatic relationships being on shaky ground. What do y'all think about that? It's great. Yeah, we all need to work together in this world. Mm. Right. You know, everybody got got to start somewhere. You know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good beginning. You know, Cuba is, is a, um, a beautiful country, um, at least from what I see and what I read about it. Um, and so I'm really glad that. The United States and Cuba are on good terms again, um, but yeah. Anyway, so now I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move on, and I'm gonna start asking y'all questions. Cause you know, oh, hold on, hold on. I have a question for you. What was your experience like coming over here, and the reason that y'all came here? Okay, um, and leaving everything. Man, you kind of took my question. <laughs> That's what I was planning on asking y'all. But no, um, my experience coming to the United States was uh, interesting. I was. I'm from Eritrea. My parents are, at least. I was born and raised in Yemen. Um, in Yemen, you know, we were treated very well w- with our neighborhood. You know, our, the people were very nice to us, and we grew up as one of their own. Um, but when it came to society over there, no, nope, we, w- we were not equal. We were se- second-class citizens. Uh, by second-class citizens, I mean um, that we knew that it was for certain once we got past high school, we couldn't choose what field we wanted to go into, even if we would get accepted into a college there, simply because of who we were, where we were from. It wasn't even because of our credentials or, you know, what we could accomplish. Um, and so my parents um, tried everything in their power to get us here, and they succeeded. We moved here in October, right after 9-11, so the, the, the security at the airports were, like, heightened. I remember as little kids... When we got to London, they separated all of us from our family and put us in different rooms. And huge men with guns and ammunition and, 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 you know, like military outfits interrogated us. I was only 12 years old. I didn't even speak English at the time, so it was like a crazy, scary time. And I know you're laughing, Nick, because it, it is funny. You make me about. seem like I'm just a rude person. I'm not even laughing. No, no, Nick is a great guy. But, no, it was just uh, it was crazy to think about because it was just like, you know, I didn't know what to say to these men because they're sitting there speaking to me in English. They didn't even give me a translator, and I'm this tiny, you know, uh, 12-year-old. So it, it was, 12. yeah, it was really interesting. Um, but luckily, we made it to Seattle, and we, we had a lot of good experiences growing up there. 
uh, went to school, went to university, and now I have the chance to work with a lot of gifted youth, including you too. Uh, but now let me ask you the same question. Um, what's what's your stories? What are some of the, the hardships you faced growing up? I know Mario, you're you're an immigrant, and 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 Nick, I know your dad is from Mexico as well, right? So. I'd like you guys to, to elaborate a little bit about your lives. Well, all right, y'all want me to go first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you know, I'm Mexican, you know. I'm not born here, you know. I'm born in Mexico, but I try to, like, keep it on the low because, you know, with, like, everything going on and mm-hmm. the way that I grew up and everybody's just like, if anybody asks you where you were born, say you were born here, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like stays like that. Mm-hmm. Even till now, you know, I kind of have to think about it. You know, like uh, should I tell them or not? But you know, I came here when I was four, so you know, I didn't know no English at all. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting here, and then my mom and dad taking me to school, and then walking into that class, everybody speaking a different language I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I felt like an outcast. I'm like, you know, and I remember coming home one day and telling my mom like I don't like school I don't understand anything they're saying uh-huh. you know I have no friends and it was just hard for a while you know adapting to like something new you know a new language mm-hmm. a new way of like lifestyle you know and yeah. I mean I kind of grew into it you know and you know like other Mexicans like they call me weird because like since I'm not like I didn't grow up as like other Mexicans mm-hmm. they call me weird because I don't I don't really like Mexican music you know yeah. so yeah. they call me weird so like, some things I picked up from like uh, my black friends or yeah. you know cause that's like my first friend that I made here was like light skin yeah. so you know his dad and I, we used to like play basketball a lot so I, I kinda grew into that you know into that culture yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I kind of adapted to that and grew into that. And so that's why uh, other Mexicans call me weird. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Nick? What's your experience? Um, me growing up, I was just raised by my mom and my grandma and grandpa. And uh, my father, He he's never been here. Like, he left before I was even born. So I've never really been into uh, the Mexican culture. And I've never been really been around it until, like, recently I met my aunt and my cousin. And, um... So when people ask, like, what ethnicity I am or race, and I tell them, they're like, oh, you don't speak Spanish? How how do you consider yourself Mexican if you don't speak Spanish? And I'm like, if you understood that I never grew up around anybody speaking Spanish with me, you would understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then just, Mario, when you said, you know, you got to school and didn't understand anything, yeah. it brought back a real funny memory for me. My very first day in school, I got de- lunch detention and I didn't know what that was. And so, like, the security guard would come and pull me out of the lunch line, and I'd go back. As soon as he turned around, I'd go right back to the lunch line, and I'd get my food, and he'd take it away from me. Uh, and it was just like a cat and mouse chase the entire lunch period. Yeah, but yeah, it, was just, it, it brought back those feelings as soon as you said that. Um, it's really hard to come into a different country and not understand the culture, and you really feel like you're on your own. Um, and so thank you for, for painting that picture. And then shout out to all the single mothers over there. Um, yeah. It is tough raising kids mm-hmm. on your own. And so we respect you, we love you, and we appreciate you. Right. I know I've done put my mom through a lot of stuff, and I get on her nerves every day. 
but she's still here. Okay. Um, now let's talk about the future. What does that look like for y'all? What, what What are your dreams and aspirations? Money. Mm-hmm. I want. I want to. I want to be able to not just make money and say that I have money. I want to be able to make money and know that. No one's ever going to be able to take my house away from me because I don't have money. Or I'm always going to be able to have a roof over my head and over, like, have kids and make sure that they're set and not move from house to house because we have to keep downgrading or get in new houses because we're not having enough money. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Okay. What about you, Mario? What does that look like for you? Well, for me, you know, I kind of thought about this since everybody's always asking me. And I'm the youngest out of all four brothers. And, you know, I got a lot of weight on me. But, like, thinking to myself, I think for my future, I just don't want to get old and then pay bills for the rest of my life. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, I actually want to do something with, like, my life. Like, I want to have, like, my voice heard, you know? I want to know. I want people. I want to let people know the way that I think, you know? Mm -hmm. I just don't want to, like, feel like I'm the same as everybody else. You know, I want to stand out. And do you know, something different. Like yeah. Create your own path. And, and do some like, make money doing something that I like. Mm-hmm. Not just to work and get money and not like what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. You know, you know it's interesting. Uh, I was talking with uh, one of my professors who's been teaching for a long time at the University of Idaho. Um, shout out to Mr. Bill Smith. He uh, was telling me that a lot of the students that came his way, he could see that they were career-driven, not passion-driven, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they went to school to get money. And then there were some students who went to school to seek the knowledge to to, to better themselves, you know. Um, I mean, honestly, money is the, the root, like, of, you know, a lot, a lot of people's main motivation is money. You need it to, you know, survive and pay bills and to exist yeah i want to touch on that too like i'm not just saying i'm gonna do anything any job for money i have to like what i'm doing yeah definitely definitely yeah it's just um it's interesting that um we work eight to nine hours a day trying to pay bills but a lot of people including myself you know i work so much but every day i'm like okay i'm gonna take a vacation i'm gonna go and and, and see the world you know i i want to change the world you know and and the more you work, the, the the faster that money's gone. It's it's interesting, you know. And I've been like trying to learn how to invest, how to do all of these things, budget, do all of that. But it it really is um, important to enjoy your life. Um, the next moment is not guaranteed, you know. And and if your legacy um, that you leave behind is gonna be work, 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 then you know that's one thing. But I I prefer to leave a legacy that. Uh, you know, I changed something about this world. You know, I leave my mark here before I leave. Um, so, yeah, I, I really respect that about you two young men. Um, is there any, any advice that you would give people out there? Uh, I don't know. Like, I always tell myself this little quote in my head, you know, mm-hmm. for doing something, you know. It's like, don't get burned by the same flame, mm-hmm. you know. Think before you act, you know. And make sure that you're, like, sure of what you want to do always okay that's that's very interesting don't get burned by the by your flame by the same flame by the same flame uh, can you elaborate more on that so like don't get burned by the same flame is like to me like how i see it is like 
if you messed up somewhere in your life and it became an issue and you know you didn't learn from it and you do it again and like you back in where you started you know then you're getting burned by the same flame mm-hmm. yeah yeah what about you nick um this ain't really with like a job or nothing but it's like with school like i know that my freshman year and halfway through sophomore year i had like two two credits three credits so don't just don't just play and think that it's a joke because now like i'm a senior and i need i'm gonna graduate this year and uh it's really about like if you're not liking your school or you're not liking what you're doing and you just want to drop out because you don't like it like find something else because you know that you're going to need that education you need to do what you got to do okay i appreciate that and i'm gonna hold you to that in the classroom too nick remember that yeah Yeah. i'm still your teacher (laughs) but um you know and and i guess my piece of advice even though nobody asked for it i guess it would be um enjoy your life you know um a lot of us um we're so serious and 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 we work very hard to provide for ourselves and our families and um but really if 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 we don't live for these little happy moments you know then we're really missing out on life um we don't have a lot of time left on earth even our existence within itself in the grand scheme of things is not you know it's not that significant like when when it comes to time since earth started depending on which however long you believe it is in the grand scheme of things we've really existed just for a fraction of the time so you know and think about your life and and how long it spans please 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 don't be too serious about everything enjoy life laugh love have fun um and on that note since we're uh getting close to the end um i want to say thank you guys for your input um now look uh for more from us in November. Our next episode will be coming up then. Um, we will have more exciting guests on the show. Um, we are every fifth Wednesday of the month. Thank everybody for tuning in to Keeping It Real. This is a brand new radio show on cable. And this is Nikki D. And this is Mario. And I am Aron. Join us next time. But until next time, keep, keep it, it real. real. Same time, begin to pen mine, appreciating God's design. Rewind, sister, reminds me of a smile in the back of my memory. Wonder if I see her again, will she remember me? I'm not trying to holler, I swear. I'm just weary of the way we hop around and just sit there. And hiring a news and public affairs director to manage the evening news and public affairs programming and to train and supervise volunteers. For this full-time position, we're looking for someone with proven experience in news and public affairs production. Management and supervisory skills with volunteers with emphasis on teamwork in a collaborative setting and ability to work under strict deadlines. KBU Community Radio is an equal opportunity and affirmative action employer. Women and people of color are encouraged to apply. Deadline to apply is Sunday, September 23rd at midnight. More information can be found at kboo.fm slash newsdirector hire2018. Join like-minded, alternative, community, independent radio and podcast peeps for some great company for the Grassroots Radio Mixer, Friday, September 14th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the downtown Portland campus for U of O on the third floor in the Shirley Pape Forum. KBOO is hosting this year's Grassroots Radio Conference in October, and we're ramping up momentum. Event is open to the public, disability affirmative, snacks and refreshments provided. 
Grassroots Radio Mixer, Friday, September 14th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the downtown Portland campus for U of O on the third floor in the Shirley Pape Forum. For more info, go to grassrootsradioconference.org. KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of A Musical History Tour by David Robix on Saturday, September 15th at 7.30 p.m. at the Community Music Center in Portland. David Rovix will perform a musical history tour, historical anecdotes, and songs about refugees, child migrants, immigration, trade wars, social movements, and more. These historical examples will help us understand our present times. Again, that's a musical history tour by David Rovix on Saturday, September 15th at 7.30 p.m. at the Community Music Center, 3350 Southeast Francis Street in Portland. More information can be found at KBOO. 